the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome. Welcome back. Saturday night, Randy Corcoran. Good to be with you. Kicking off the America First portion of weekend broadcasting around here at 710 KNUS. Of course, we bookend that at the end of the weekend on Saturday night with the one and only Dr. Matt Dunn and Historic Backbone Radio. So good to have you here. Our phone number, 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Always love the crossover with Mike Boyle because it, it gets my mind thinking about all the other things that we might talk about tonight. Man, there is so much. I intend to demonstrate for you while the media continues to focus on the $6 billion that the oatmeal mush-brained president, putative president of the United States, Joe Biden, released to Iran and is, you know, being covered for by the media. That money is to go to humanitarian purposes only. Iran will never touch that money. It, uh, we know, you know, how that will be used. Money's fungible. That argument's been made for a couple of weeks now. We get that. But it's not just the $6 billion. In fact, I think that's why... Even the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine is talking about and criticizing Biden for the $6 billion. President Trump has called for the recall, the refreezing of that $6 billion. But if you do the math, it adds up to closer to $60 billion that the Biden regime has freed up for terrorism. And we'll go through those numbers a little bit later in the show. Also want to... Talk just a little bit more. I know this has been covered quite a bit. The just disgusting people that Democrats elect, and it's showing up more and more in Colorado. We've got self-avowed communists, self-avowed socialists, Hamas supporters. And this Democrat, Colorado State Representative Tim Hernandez, he made a snide comment to a courageous reporter who was trying to get him on the record to condemn the slaughter of babies and grandmothers. And he wouldn't do it. And he mocked the guy. He said, oh, yeah, what, the three people that are going to see this video? Over 12 million views across multiple platforms, so much so that he had to make an apology, a very lame apology. And we may we may get into the apology, but there are other aspects of that story that I'd really prefer to talk about with you. Still scratching my head over Ken Buck, man. Got some audio. He was on this week with George Step on all of us, and I I, I don't understand where he's getting his. In oh well, he's in Congress. He's got the real scoop. No, he's got the wrong scoop. Whole bunch of lousy information. Hard for me to believe he's planning to run for Congress again, given the stances that he's taking. And if we have time, we may get to some of that as well tonight. Got a question for you. Well, before that, Mike Boyle teed up the speaker race. Jim Jordan now, front runner, endorsed by Donald Trump, endorsed by many others. 
not even front runner, just the only person who came out of that closed door session. And yet we've got, you know, over a hundred holdouts. Need every Republican. You could only lose about four, maybe five tops. And we've got a, over a hundred holdouts who say, can't vote for Jim Jordan. Really? Why not? The majority of your caucus said you could. And Kevin McCarthy is in the rearview mirror for a host of reasons. We went over some of them last week. Won't stir that up again. No reason to, really. So it'll be interesting to watch how this plays out because you know what it's like, especially if you're a grassroots conservative, if you're a grassroots activist, a grassroots Republican. Throughout the primary season, you just toil and toil and spend and toil trying to get a conservative candidate across the finish line. And then the establishment choice shows up and gets, you know, or even if it's somebody as well-known and well-loved as Congressman Tom Tancredo during his gubernatorial runs, establishment money shows up and takes them out. And then as soon as the primary is over, you're told, hey, hey, stupid, listen to the brainiacs, listen to the big boys now. It's time to get on board because you have to vote for the Republican. Why doesn't it work that way when it turns out the other way? How many, you know, high-level Republicans in the state nationally have come out, including presidential candidates like Chris Christie? If Trump's the nominee, I will not vote for him. But those are the same people. In fact, Chris Christie was behind the, the big money that came in and took out Tom Tancredo during one of the gubernatorial runs and always says, look, at the, your primary's over. It's time to get on board. And why doesn't that work in the House race as well? A majority, and they told us, a majority selected. You know, we, we want Kevin McCarthy. We selected him. Well, he agreed to the rules. He failed at the rules and got taken out by the rules. And so now the, quote, majority is looking at somebody else. And why won't the moderates just say, okay, that's the will of the people? Because they can't stand when the will of the people is exercised. And so I made a prediction. I, it wasn't the most emphatic of predictions with Mike Boyle during the crossover that we will have a speaker by the end of the week. We shall see. You know, in a way, this is kind of a government shutdown, isn't it? And I don't mind government shutdowns. Let it sit. So any thoughts, any reason to think that somebody else would be a better fit for the Republican Party as it is growing and morphing and finally becoming more America first oriented, more committed to principle, more committed to the platform? 303-696-1971. I'll entertain names if you've got any. But uh, yeah. All we can do is sit back and watch. And, you know, I shouldn't actually say that because if you are an activist, if you're on social media, if you have a telephone that works, you can call not only our representatives but representatives around the country and say, hey, Jim Jordan's the guy that we want. And that's always a good thing to do. Going to take a personal note for just a minute. First, a special hello to Jess and Carolyn, Biker Buddies, everybody who's texting me tonight. Just love it when I come in. And then, and then there's Alexa. Alexa, the grand historian of 710 Can US, always the first, literally almost 
every single show that I do or when I fill in for Matt Dunn or uh, George or just anybody else, you know, I used to do a lot of fill in around here and Alexa was always there. And so I come in and I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. It's been a long, late, late night last night, early morning and a very busy day. So, you know, I get that second burst of energy to come in and spend three hours with you and walk in and I'm feeling pretty good, feeling pretty spry. And Alexa texts in, about three more weeks until you start your 26th year of practicing law. Thanks a lot, Alexa. I really needed to be reminded about that, not. So, yeah, it's true, man. November, first week in November starts year 26. Absolutely incredible. And then it's always fun to check because we often get books and gifts and cards. And, you know, once they go through... Security and the bomb sniffing, drug sniffing, dog search, um, they wind up in my locker. So before the show started, I ran back to my locker and and uh, gave it a check. And there was an envelope in there, torn open, um, addressed to KNUS Radio, attention Randy Corcoran. And, uh, and it had already been opened. And I pulled it out thinking, you know, this is probably a late condolences card for um, the loss of my beautiful bride, Tana, back on June 3rd. And and that's great. I I love getting those. I appreciate it. It does not, you know, bring me down. It helps me to know that people are supportive and, and loving and remembering. And, and by the way, on that note, I uh, I have this massive list. And it's now alphabetized, has addresses. I've got somebody assigned to finding addresses for the people that we don't have addresses for because I have been planning for these months since funeral services and everything else to send thank you cards out. We've got wonderful gifts, wonderful expressions of love, um, things that will last forever, things that were just a temporary reminder, but uh, just beautiful and wonderful. And I haven't gotten to those yet, and I, I just really apologize. It's It's an overwhelming task. Um, but this wasn't that I pull it out. It's a birthday card for me. My birthday's back on August 7th and it's a beautiful, it's great. It's got uh, newspaper clippings of uh, famous things that happened in history on August 7th, my birthday. So I flipped it over and this envelope is postmarked July 24th, 2023, July 24th of 2023. So where in the heck this has been, I don't know. I have no flipping idea, but Bernadette, very, very sweet. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening to the show. Just love it. First uh, voting coming in on the 710 KNUS text-to-studio app. Jim Jordan has been my choice since the Republicans got their slim majority of the House. Yeah, yeah, I was not a fan of Kevin McCarthy. I've met him a couple of times. Just something, I, I'm I'm sure he's brilliant, and I don't know what his principles are because it's very hard to tell, but there was just something about the way he interacts and talks and in person, I just, you know, just an instinctive thing. And so Jim Jordan, always been the top of my heap as well. Kevin McCarthy done has done very little. I think Steve Scalise would be about the same. I think Steve would be a step up from McCarthy, but uh, Jim Jordan is top dog, top dog for me. 
And I think I think it's going to happen. I really, really do. A couple more personal notes, and we'll jump into the show on the other side of this next break. 303-696-1971 is the phone number. We had the Arapo Tea Party meeting this week, a great meeting, packed, um, very interactive, excellent questions, excellent content, excellent announcements, excellent speaker, all of it. And at the end, there's always people coming up and, you know, with comments, questions, things like that. And um, one person asked, and I hear this a lot, This I get this still pretty regularly, or, or didn't ask, but just said, you know, I, I miss you always playing Whitney Houston's Virgin, 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 what's the difference? Whitney Houston's version of the um, national anthem. And the problem is that it's there's a licensing issue. So we still pull it out, you know, when we're celebrating Independence Day or a special patriotic holiday where it fits. We can get away with that once in a while, but I just can't use it. I, I could do what Mark Levin does, which is play one of the military versions, which is available for public use, no licensing fees or anything required, but that's what Mark does. And so that's why I can't do that anymore. And then Another very nice lady uh, made a comment about, you know, good to have you back after only a couple of months. I've been saying that I, um, after the death of my wife, that I just, you know, did nothing virtually for a couple of months, worked on a big project uh, for the family and did stuff around the house, but just literally almost nothing going into work. You can't, you can't own a law firm and, you know, be the only final decision maker and not do something. So I was always in touch, always involved, but just never going in, didn't want to leave the house, stuff like that. And and the comment that was made was, you know, it's just so good to see you back in the fight and, and up and at him and all that. And I just realized coming in tonight that it I was literally off the grid for three months because the death was right at the beginning of June. I didn't go back to work until September, right, you know, at the end of August is when I finally said, you know, I can't I can't just do this this long. So now I'm paying the price. I mean, literally working 6 7 days a week, certainly going to be 7 days. Well, I sort of took yesterday off with grandson number 2. Um but so the weekend is packed with work and maybe a family dinner, we hope. Because this next week grandchild number five, granddaughter number one will be born. And uh, man, oh man, it's it's a real bittersweet thing because my wife was so happy to have the first girl. She'd been prodding and pushing my daughter to, um, well, you know how it works, but you need one more and it'll be a girl. And my daughter was like, no, it, it doesn't work that way, mom, you know, and Mom was right, as usual. And I've told this story, and I'll tell it one more time because the birth is now imminent of this beautiful first girl, first girl grandchild in our family, um, Micah Hartkers, that the Saturday that uh, that Tana passed away, on Tuesday, my daughter had um, sonogram or M- what are they called, the, the things where they look inside, and... Uh, uh, you know, everything was good and healthy, and then the picture came out, and this was a real bittersweet moment because we we just knew that the essence of Tana, Mom, Grandma, Coco, 
dreamy girl had transmuted itself into this little girl because you could literally see. You didn't have to stretch to see it. You could literally see this little face facing the thing that was looking at it, whatever it was, and her little hand right there up and toward the camera with the middle finger straight up. I kid you not. And so I just we just laughed about that because um, that felt like um, like just a message, like I'm gone but I'm coming and stop staring at me. You know I don't know. Anyway, kind of funny. All right, we've got a lot of politics to talk about, and we will jump in hard when we return here on seven ten K N U S. Hearing all these ballads lately. And that's one I've never heard before from Harry Chapin. We're going to play a little more of that in the next segment. But I think that came out on his album sequel, 1980. He was trying to, you know, mirror the success that he had with Cats in the Cradle. And uh, But that is a particularly interesting story for this particular period in my life. And so that's why it showed up for you here on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. 303-696-1971 is the number. 303-696-1971. My friends and clients over at the Gateway Pundit, Jim and Joe Hoft. Jim had an article out today, actually showed up on WorldNet Daily. But did you notice, Are you, have you noticed all the banks that are closing? Over 3,000 branches, not the bank itself, but they're just shutting down brick-and-mortar branches, and I'm seeing it everywhere. I saw banks closed in Inglewood. In Parker, there's a Bank of America that I had to go to during some of the things I had to figure out over the you know first couple of months after, after we lost Tana, and, and I walked in, and there's nobody in there, and they've got signs, and say, and they direct you into a room where you can sit down. It's like out of 2001 Space Odyssey, sitting down in there, looking into a camera, and then a big screen pops on and a, with a live person on the other side ready to help. There's a place to insert documents and, and um, you know deposits, things like that. But it was just a bizarre thing. And it's really with the concerns about going toward a digital currency and all of the lack of freedom that that could entail, government surveillance and everything else. I don't know. These Some of these changes are just particularly bothersome to me. Bank of America closing 21 branches just the first week of October. Wells Fargo closing 15 branches. And U.S. Bank and Chase, uh, nine and three branches respectively, just... Uh, Another thing to scratch your head about and and wonder about, I think. One question I forgot to toss out there that I'm just curious if you have any thoughts about, and I'm not sure why this struck me as a possible question. If you watch some of the cable news shows, you probably saw Florida uh, congr- congressman out of the 21st District, Brian Most, or is it Brian Mast? It's M-A-S-T. I think it might be Mast. But in any event, um, he's a congressman. Let's see. He was elected in, uh, I had that here a minute ago, 2017. He's been serving in Florida, was a big Trump supporter, had the courage to vote not to certify the 2020 election, as many in Congress were doing until the January 6th 
escapades took over. But he showed up in Congress this week in an IDF, Israeli Defense Force uniform. And he, he's a military veteran. I mean, this guy had his legs blown off in Afghanistan as a U.S. Army Explosive Ordnance Disposal Technician back in 2010. So, you know, a superhero, super courageous. And he showed up and I think all week wore his IDF uniform in solidarity with Israel. Um, and And that's a bold statement. He did it. And he mentioned in interviews that I heard or read about that part of his motivation for that was because Rashida Tlaib, a Democrat out of Michigan, is displaying a Palestinian flag outside of her office, and he wanted to offset that. But then I thought, you, you know, you're an American soldier, and you're on American soil, and I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I have a problem with it or not, but it... It bothered me or got me to thinking about, you know, what do you do there? And how disgusting is it that uh, Rashida Tlaib and others in Congress would be touting the Palestinian flag? There's a video of her being asked if she is willing to publicly condemn the massacre of grandmothers and babies, the beheading of babies by these Hamas terrorists, these devils that took over and and just you know it's terrorism obviously they're 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 trying to scare the public and what they've done of course have, is just unleashed the wrath of Bibi and the wrath of the very powerful Israeli defense force uh, Gaza is going to be leveled but the video is very interesting to watch because you all you can hear is her footsteps as she's walking away from this interviewer and this interviewer does not stop will you publicly condemn the execution the beheading of babies the kidnapping of children there's no you know fairness to the war here obviously to to that kind of warfare and then we have people in our government people in our state department initially releasing statements telling you know Israel don't overreact we can't respond to violence with violence. And those tweets, those messages were promptly taken down. Fortunately, Israel is being led by someone with the resoluteness, with the courage to do what needs to be done. They have said every last Hamas, you can't say soldier, every last Hamas Cretan terrorist will be found and executed. And they've given, you know, over a million people a week, and I think they've extended that deadline, over a week to get out of Gaza because unlike terrorists, unlike Hezbollah, Hamas, Iran, they're not looking to kill civilians. They're not looking for mass executions and, and this display of burned and beheaded babies and all of that. They at least have the honor to operate under the rules of warfare and try and minimize harm to civilians. The media is already starting to turn. The media always has a clip or two from a Democrat advising caution, advising, you know, calm in response to the most egregious act of terrorism that Israel has had to deal with for 50 years. And it's just disgusting. 
It's just disgusting. I, I have no, no incentive to argue that Israel should temper their response at all. And I know there are some who say, you know, you're just playing into the terrorists' game. They know they can't win the physical war, so they're trying to, and they know that the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine will push back on, you know, they'll they'll make sure that any civilians who are injured when Israel goes into their ground game, which they seem on the verge of doing after leveling a great bit of the city, that that's what we'll see. The corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine hates Israel. And Joe Biden and the Democrats, in spite of, you know, this one time, stepping up and and partially saying some of the right things. We stand with Israel. Israel has a right to defend itself. Not a word about Iran. Not a word about the $6 billion that Joe Biden freed up for them. But at least he said a couple of things that were worthy of an American president, even a child-sniffing, daughter-showering, putative president. And I was glad to at least see that. Speaking of Biden, did you see? <laughs> did you see this? Well, in fact, maybe we should play this first. This is, uh, this is a very recent position, apparently, of the entire United States based on our putative president. By the way, it's the only existential threat to humanity. Is we don't do this. We don't stay below these numbers. Our, the whole world's changing. Our kids are going to be and our grandkids are going to be. Anyway, I don't want to even think about it. Yeah, yeah, you lost your train of thought there. But climate change, the most existential threat as if man has anything to do with it. That statement was made before the last time Biden tripped up the stairs. And man, was it embarrassing. He was at some little rally, you know, how few people show up for his rallies. And they had a small group of people behind where he would be speaking from this stage. It was only three or four stairs, not like trying to, you know, just simply carefully walk up the ramp to Air Force One, the symbol of America's once mighty position in the world until this oatmeal brain person took over. You've seen the videos of him falling up the stairs several occasions, the one of Hillary Clinton stumbling into her aircraft a few years ago. But this week, just going up a few, just a few, maybe three or four steps, to the stage, he tripped twice up the stairs and then, you know, tried to cover it. He grabbed the railing and he looked at the people that were there behind him and they like clapping seals. They, oh, yeah. And he, he tried to make a joke of it, trying to look, you know, energetic and physically fit and capable of functioning. The guy can't even walk up a set of stairs. And it really really is dismaying. He's not running again. Just get over it. Republican candidates, just figure out who you think it's going to be or start taking on the radicals in charge of the Democrat Party, the radicals who are pulling the puppet strings for creepy, sleepy, touchy-feely Joe Biden and go after them. There's no way this guy makes it to the second round. I can't see it at all. So back to this question about 
Brian Moss. I mean, this guy is a hero. Lost his legs on behalf of the United States of America. But he was a member of the Israeli Defense Force. And he put on this uniform. He's been wearing it all week long as sort of a pushback on Tlaib, who won't answer the question, do you condemn the massacre and beheading of babies, the massacre of mothers and grandmothers, the hostage-taking, all of it, won't say a word. Is America waking up yet? If you've been on the, the fence, if you've been on the sidelines, are you waking up yet? Because this is getting really, really ugly. We have got the forces of good and the forces of evil, and I don't mean that Every political decision that a Republican or a conservative or the leader of Israel or anybody else is making is a good one or there isn't evil or uh, negative consequences to things that have to get done or that do get done. I'm not saying that at all. But this feels like spiritual warfare. This feels like the end times are really approaching, doesn't it? If you read biblical scripture at all, there will be wars and rumors of wars, but fear not, you know, this is not the end. I mean, that means it's going to get worse. Is Israel playing into the hands of Hamas, into the hands of Iran by doing what they know they need to do, which is to eradicate the threat of Hamas from along their border in the Gaza Strip? They're leveling the buildings. They're warning the citizens to get out, and then they're going in. And by citizens, I should have said civilians. They're warning the civilians to get out, and then they're going in. And then the media will just play along and show any damage done by Israel to the people living there. I mean, what's your take on this historic battle, this never-ending sort of loop you know, 50 years ago, a Holocaust, other wars, other battles. Is there any justification for Palestinians to be occupying land? Is there any justification for Israel to say, or lack of justification for Israel to say enough is enough? We've got this unbelievable fool, State Rep. Tim Hernandez. And I'm sure you've heard this before. I want to talk about him on the other side, but we'll go into the break with this. And I think it's despicable what they're protesting for and what you are protesting for. And the fact that you can't condemn women and children and elderly people being murdered in the streets. What about it? Do you condemn it? I already said. Why can't you say yes? Because I already gave you my answer. You didn't give an answer, and every I think anybody who watches would understand what your actual position is. Three people that are going to watch your video wrestle. Yeah, um, journalist Andy No, you know Andy No. He's been on this show many, many times. Uh, He's the uh, young man who walked through Antifa in Portland. Reports on Antifa started out by infiltrating Antifa until. He became so broadly followed, so easily recognized that they started outing him. And one particular day, just walking through downtown, they spotted him and they were throwing their concrete milkshakes. That's where they fill up a milkshake, you know, plastic cup with concrete 
and throw it at you. And uh, he took a shot in the head, a brain, a brain bleed, the whole nine yards. And um, he, uh, I mean, <laughs> brain bleeds are kind of a thing for me now. But uh, fearless. The, the dude is fearless. And he actually, and I reached out to him today. I, I called, left him a message, texted him, no response. But um, he actually interviewed the the reporter who is not releasing his name, the citizen journalist who got that recording of state rep terrorists supporting Tim Hernandez. And there's some pretty interesting information from it. And I'll share that with you next. And we'll get to some phone calls. 303-696-1971. When we return on 710 KNUS. Story of a life. That's Harry Chapin. I, just something about ballads this week that, uh, I've been listening to, including that one that I had never, ever heard before. And there's something about when you have a major shift in your life that uh, great periods of reflection become part of your reality. And uh, so I think that's probably where that's fitting in. Before we go to the phones, I just want to remind you about two things. Um, Colorado GOP, man, is really starting to get on fire. And the annual Centennial Dinner is just around the corner. Let's see. One, two... 28, that'll be three weeks from tonight. Ooh, I'm going to have to get some coverage for the show because I will definitely be at the Centennial Dinner with special guest Carrie Lake. Now, I spent some time with Carrie at the Republican debate at the Reagan Library a few weeks ago. Um, been around her a lot over the last, I don't know, year and a half now. Dynamic in person as a speaker. Presidential candidates have been invited. It's at the Embassy Suites in Loveland, so not too far from our listening area. And, uh, man, if you can make it, I'd sure love to see you there. Really looking forward to it. Just go to cologop.org, Colorado, you know, C-O-L-O-G-O-P.org, and get your tickets. Should be a very, very exciting night. And then tomorrow, weather's going to be beautiful. It was cold today, but tomorrow it's 70, 75 Monday, 80 degrees on Tuesday, but the, um, what is it called? The Israeli-American Council, the IAC of Colorado and five other groups are having holding a rally in support of Israel tomorrow at the Colorado State Capitol. Uh, Two o'clock is when that baby's starting, uh, kicking off. Stand with the murdered, kidnapped, and wounded, and with Israel in general. The last time, this is, wow, this goes back a while. I don't remember how many years that I attended an Israel rally at the Capitol. Um, Craig Silverman, remember him, the big dog, uh, was putting that on. And he spoke, I spoke, and it was, an, it was an honor to stand up for Israel. I don't even remember tonight, as I think back about it, what was going on that triggered that. But, uh, man, it seems like the need pops up every few years. So tomorrow at 2, I will not be there because... With the new grandbaby coming, we've got some stuff to do over the next couple of days, family-wise, and that will include tomorrow afternoon, I am sure. So with all that said, let's get to our first phone call of the night with Jay and Littleton. Jay, thanks for your patience. Welcome to the show. Hi, Randy. Evening. I wanted to find out, you just said that there's a possibility that the Obama-Biden uh, administration gave $60 billion to uh, possibly to Iran. Is that, is that the case or that's what they're saying? 
Yeah, no, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove that uh, close to it's really about fifty six, fifty seven billion. So closer to sixty billion than the six billion that the media is harping on. Uh, and I'm going to explain that. Uh, I guess since you brought it up, maybe we'll do it in the next hour when we come out of the gate. Okay. So I looked up the GDP of countries in that region, and of course, at fifty four billion is Algeria, New Zealand, and uh, Peru. Romania, respectively, they're 46 to $64 billion in gross domestic product for those countries. That's a bloody fortune. If it's true, this is so much worse than we possibly could have imagined what they're doing to us. Well, and then all the equipment that we left over, what's the number on that? That was that was in the tens of billions of dollars as well, right? I mean, we've, we've got, uh, you know... Similar to ISIS fighters now with our night goggles and our and our, yeah. our high technology helicopters. helicopters. Yeah. And, and Biden just left them there. And then the oh, southern border wide open. The, the number of people that they're turning away from from countries from the Middle East marked by terrorism is extraordinary. And those are the ones that they've caught and turned away. My uncle. And uh, father-in-law brought all the B-17s back to Lowry Air Force Base. No matter the condition, if they ran, if not, they burned them because they didn't want the enemies to have those beautiful aircraft. And then General Douglas MacArthur kicked over the edge of aircraft carriers every uh, Flying Tiger aircraft except for one. And that aircraft is in Centennial right now because at that time the uh, – Flying Tiger was the A-10 of the, the time. It could kill anything. And what does Biden care if he leaves those things over there? He's not going to be on the planet for long. He just cashed his checks. But it's really scary. Did you see him falling up the stairs of about a three- or four-step staircase just to a stage? <laughs> I call him shuffles. And actually, he reminds me of the Tim Conway. Remember Tim Conway used to do those little tiny steps where he couldn't cross the street on the Carol Burnett. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's a great image. Many of our listeners will understand that one. Uh, yeah. yeah. He'd just put his head down and just shuffle over here and shuffle over there. And Tim yeah. Conway, man, he, there is nobody who could be on stage in an hour-long show and, and yeah. keep a straight face. He cracked them. Harvey Corman. Um, and Carol and everybody else. It's just text message just came in. It was eighty five million dollars worth of equipment in Afghanistan, and uh, uh, no, million. this this one's saying million. Um, no, that doesn't terrible. seem right. Yeah, yeah, the, that's thirty five is twenty five. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. Correct, <laughs> but this texter points out the the smartest piece, um, Bagram Air Base. We abandon it right. uh, where we could monitor. In, you know, the nuclear facilities, nuclear manufacturing facilities for China, that's where we were monitoring them from. We spent – Lithium. There's lithium over there. Yeah, the yeah. There was a – And the big, the big Air Force bases that we kept in Iran, actually the one in Iraq is huge, like Bagram. Bagram's even larger. But we needed a way station for our aircraft to safely fly into countries and do defense. And, you know, that's part of the reason why we maintain those facilities like we do in – Germany and all over the world, Japan, is to defend our allies, not just our our own uh, uh, internal uh, people. And that air base there should have never been closed. 
And somehow these people just smile away and walk away. Like Biden, he smiles at the camera and he walks away. But I wish I could do that in life. Wouldn't that be nice to be able to walk away with all those problems? Yeah, just and I guess he diverted himself to his home base again early. You know, they put a lid on everything about noon or two or three o'clock. We are the most vulnerable I've ever felt. You know, I was a kid during the Jimmy Carter era, but I remember the feeling of insecurity that would be talked about sometimes in the family and and just looking back where people thought, you know, we can't do anything right in America anymore. I feel that same way times 10 now under creepy, sleepy, touchy-feely. Uh, but, but the security is so much worse. Just a day or so ago, 19 Iranians and 17 Syrians, in addition to Lebanese men, this week in one border sector alone in Texas. And that's been happening day after day after day. And those are the ones that they catch. Wow. So, you know, the idea that we don't, that there's not, that cells are not being put together all around the country. I, I encourage everybody, if you have firearms, get back to the gun range, clean them up, oil them up. Uh, work on your skills, be aware of your surroundings, and do not get too cozy and comfortable in your own home right now because for the last two years we have created the opportunity for the, the very worst things we could imagine to occur right here in this country. And, uh, you know, and they won't be in Texas where most of the guns are. <laughs> you know, you could count on that. Oh, so. If you recall, the Japanese tried to invade us on the – west coast and they got out of their submarines in santa barbara and la and everybody shot back at them these people were farmers they had the winchesters yeah so they went back and told the uh, fleet master hey we're not going to just walk up on the shores we're going to get killed they went back away interesting text message um and and then an apology for it but i no apology needed i even wonder if perhaps biden got money under the table for all the equipment he left in afghanistan I think the fact that Satan has always required infant sacrifice makes sense with what the Muslims are doing in this war that they are fighting. And, you know, if you've read the Quran, and I'm, I'm certainly no expert, but it calls for this kind of behavior, that you can't I, I so pray for a reformation of Islam. I do, too. You know, I know a lot of really good Muslim people that are don't yeah, cover your eye. That's 100%, not the issue. It's of the fascism. Course. It's the... You know, it's sort of like the uh, the mob. You know, there's ten guys that run the whole thing, and there's ten thousand people that really don't want to do it, but they have to. And if they quit, their family's going to die. You know, it's just that mentality. Yeah. Well, high alert, friends. High alert, family. Thanks, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Jay, thanks for start kicking okay. us off tonight. God bless. All right. So Jay opened up one of the topics I want to talk about, and we will explain the. Almost $60 billion that the Biden regime has made available to Iran and their arms, Hamas, Hezbollah, etc. First hour of the show is underway. Hour two coming up. You stay right there. I'm Randy Corcoran. You're listening to 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.